Welcome to another episode of the Ignite Your Mind podcast, a safe place for real talk and discovering powerful stories, talking about mental health, real business journeys, and hearing inspiring stories. My name's Sanjay Patel, and I'm a transformational life coach. And this week, guess what? I have another powerful guest that is Jessica Watt. Jessica is an avid traveller and that's been instilled with her from a young age. She talks about her experience of giving back by teaching English to kids in Cambodia at the age of 22. Jessica then goes on to tell us a story about an emotionally abusive relationship which in her words was a whirlwind romance. It was so interesting to hear the patterns of behaviour throughout this whole journey. It's powerful how then Jessica goes into detail of how she got out of it and goes on a mission to be living her best life. The way I summarised Jessica's journey, it was like watching a movie. I hope you enjoy. Okay, and welcome to another episode of the Ignite Your Mind podcast with myself, Sanjay Patel. And again, I've got another special guest. Uh, I always get passionate about my guests because they've always got stories to tell. Um, and I'm just super excited to have them on uh, to, to be able to tell their story. Um, so without further ado, let me introduce her. Jessica, how are you? Hello, good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, we were just saying before we jumped on, it is, I'm currently recording this when it's like 32 degrees in the UK. So it's like super, super hot. Um, so I've got the fan on. I, don't, I hope you can't hear that in the background. But um, no. it's, keep, it's keeping me going. It's keeping me going. Um, <laughs> Jessica, so how, how, how are you? How is life? Yeah, um, as I was just saying to you, um, I recently was unwell. Mm. Uh, I had a couple of days just off, just um, just resting really, just sleeping, just so exhausted. Um, negative COVID test result. Yeah. Woo! Amazing, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, apart from that, like everything's all good. Um, just cool. working at the moment and... Yeah, just enjoying the sunshine where I can. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, okay. So let's dig this. Let's go. Let's get straight into it, Jessica. Yeah. Take me back to what was it like for Jessica Watts growing up as a child? Um. So I had a lovely upbringing. Um. It was it was like sort of typical upbringing that I had. Um. So mum and dad have been together since they were like 16 mm-hmm. um they met at school and things like that yeah <laughs> and then had us four had us four kids um four. so you got three what have you got three brothers sisters um i've got an older sister and yeah. then i've got two younger brothers and okay. then so i'm the second oldest nice yeah so um do you, do you all still get along or do you have <laughs> do you have the odd fights and stuff <laughs> Yeah, we do actually really get along. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, Amazing. yeah. Amazing. It was my dad's birthday yesterday, so my brother came over, so that was pretty nice. Nice, nice. Um, but yeah, I'd say like very lucky. Like my my dad, um, my granddad was a businessman. He's now obviously retired. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's a businessman. Alongside my mum, they have their own business, so it was you know like nice holidays and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we still face the sort of typical things that every family face um I do think we all felt this sort of pressure um growing up but I think in hindsight I feel like a lot of people have that Mm -hmm. you know as it moves down the generations yeah and I feel like it's just really important to find your own path in life yeah and just to 
just to find out what makes you happy and not tie your identity to your family. Um, yeah. I mean, like my dad um, is in the road haulage industry and property. So like, mm. I mean, I don't really have any interest in lorries or anything <laughs> like that. So <laughs> okay, you know. I, I couldn't picture you like driving in a big 28 ton <laughs> lorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. don't get me wrong. Like when I was growing up, I, I worked on and off, like in the office, just doing admin work. I was mm. happy to do that. And it was, a really great way to like start out and they yeah. always taught me like the value of money I remember when I was like I think I was like 15 or 16 and I wanted this CD I had like this Britney song on like typical girl yeah and I went into my mum's room and I was like mom I really want this CD and she's like well I think yeah I was like 16 or something like you're old enough to to work and I think like by then I was pretty much already working like Saturdays for my dad as like a render and Mm-hmm. getting 10 pounds for like a day's work or something yeah <laughs> but you know like a little bit of pocket money that's always it's always good I, I remember i remember those days yeah very well yeah so they always like enlisted or well, not enlisted sorry they always instilled like this um this really strong work ethic and that's mm-hmm. i feel like and that's always like um i've always carried that throughout my life like knowing that like you, you know you're not just gonna get something for nothing or anything like yeah. that like i went to a school where like people used to ride around in these fancy cars and things like that but I knew that wasn't a thing for it wasn't the case my family had to work for it yeah so like the value of money which is a really good was really really important topic um sounds to be fair when you when you were describing your your just your child and your upbringing it's very similar to mine like I, I I you know my parents worked really hard and they 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 had to work hard to provide for us like me and my brother and there's only two of us but um yeah it's very very similar in terms of like we, you know, they always had food on the plate for us. We always went on trips away. They weren't, they didn't have loads of money, but they had money, right? We were, we were comfortable. Um, we still are to this day, so I'm forever grateful for that. Um, so, like, well, what about you as a as a personality? When you were going through your teens, um, like, what were you like? Were you a were you a shy person? Were you quite outgoing? Did you have a lot of friends? Like, what were you what were you like then? Um, I mean. <laughs> I would say I wasn't too shy. I would say I was, I had, I had like a group of friends. Um, I went to a girl's school from like year, year eight to sixth form. Okay. And the thing is like a lot of people put this sort of um, stereotype on girls' schools, yeah. but it actually wasn't like that at all. It was like, in my eyes, it was like a load of sisters, you know, like coming together and, yeah. um, I remember in my final year of sixth form and like these these boys come in and I think we just felt quite uncomfortable that they were <laughs> that no. they were coming in and <laughs> could have like destroyed the the girl chat. Um, oh no! <laughs> amazing, amazing. Okay, cool. All right. Um. So I mean, yeah. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate you telling me. So when you left school, what what did you do? What was your route? What was your avenue? Did you go to university or did you just be like, nah, I'm going straight to work? Like, I'm gonna start working. <laughs> Yeah, so that's an interesting one. So to be honest, like growing up, I um, I had a I had a boyfriend, like my first sort of serious boyfriend. Shout out to him because I'm still friends with him. Nice. <laughs> He's probably listening to that's this. a rare thing these days, and that's fair play to you. Yeah, yeah, it was his birthday actually yesterday, same same day as my dad. So um, mm-hmm. I sent him a picture when he was um, when he was 18, and I was I was 17, and we were going to prom. And I, I was like, look at you now, he's now 29. So I was thinking. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, so, um, 
yeah so I was in that relationship and I remember like he was had all his plans to like go do IT and go off to uni and things like that mm-hmm. and I remember just being in I went to a school where like everyone went to university so I was just like I don't I don't know what I want to do with my life like how do you know at 18 like yeah. what you want to do or where you want to go so I remember sitting in the um in the headmaster's office and him saying to me so where are you going to go where are you going to study and I just had no idea at all and it was just like the kind of just so much pressure you mm. know and like what what did you say to him I think I just sat there just like <laughs> puzzled just blank like, face like yeah. I don't I don't know um yeah I think I I think I gave some answers just to sort of please him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied to study marketing at Worcester. Um, I of course didn't get in. Like I I knew I I wouldn't get in anyway. I did I did um, my A levels at the school I was at, and I managed to get A levels, but they weren't like enough to like get me into that university and get me onto that course. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of a blessing in disguise, really. I ended up um, going to a college near where um, my parents live and I studied journalism. I actually found that I really enjoyed and found it very interesting. Okay. Um, so I studied that for a couple of months and then I thought, OK, I really like this course, but I want to have the proper uni- university experience. So I figured out what I needed to do in order to transfer um so I went to some unis like properly this time I think I just needed that time to really like figure out what I wanted to do um so I did that and then I ended up going to Lincoln University so I graduated from there and got the degree um and I always enjoyed writing I I loved reading magazines and reading blogs and I did really find it interesting so it's it's a degree that I've used in a sense, not in a in a career sense so much. But you know, like when I was in Australia, I was doing some writing for some publications, and that was really interesting, really fun. I loved mm-hmm. working with those companies. Um, and then I worked as like a beauty and hair editor for a magazine for a bit as well, um, and that really helped me to um, just get some work experience. Really, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. I mean, look, so you mentioned when you went to Australia, like uh, we, we spoke about this before. Like, I, I'm a massive advocate for traveling at the moment. I really, especially now, I want to cut, I'm desperate to get out and just have um, have some time away um, and travel a bit. And we spoke about Bali. Um, so you've obviously done a bit of traveling. Tell me a bit about where, what, what, was, what was the thing that spurred you on to move to, what was it, New Zealand? You lived down yeah. there, didn't you, for a little while? Uh, yeah. In Australia um, and Bali, like, what was what was the decision? Why did you decide to do that? Um, so, my parents are like avid travellers as well. So, nice. I feel like it's just like in my blood, you know, Inst- instilled in you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I bleed travel blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, after I finished university, actually, like it was one of those times where I got my degree. I got the degree that I wanted. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. But you know when you're just sort of sitting there and you think like, okay, now what? Like I, I still felt like I was in that phase of like really finding my own path. And I didn't I didn't really feel this sort of call into journalism really. Mm. Um 
and it was strange because what I'm doing now is like so linked to all the things I was doing like all the hobbies I was doing outside of it so I was reading like certain like personal development books spirituality books um I was having like those kind of conversations with friends and like people that I met traveling um and so I my dad had been to Cambodia and um I was talking to him about it and I saw that the company um was advertising for people to go and teach volunteers English teachers in Cambodia so yeah. I went and volunteered as an English teacher for six weeks and nice. okay. that kind of just changed everything for me really um because what, who were you teaching what kind of age um I was teaching like sort of young children so about four or five years old to sort of um so they don't really go by age there they go more by level so once okay. you pass the test so a lot of them were a little bit older as well but they were generally tiny and were you, do, were you doing this as a volunteer for free yeah amazing i'm a big advocate for giving back um as, uh, as some people that listen to this that know me might know um so well done i mean that's that's um yeah when you said it changed everything tell, tell me a little bit more about that yeah because and just so many levels you know like i'd never taught english before um obviously i love children love travel but it was seeing like at first i was terrified you know i went in because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and it wasn't terrified for me. It was more terrified for the children because I wanted to be able to yeah. do right by them. If you know what I mean? I wanted yeah, to be yeah, able to make the time valuable. And so I, um, yeah, so I got the hang of it after the time that I was there. And in the end, I just ended up like falling in love with them. And they were children from such poor backgrounds you know like they came from just nothing really and it just was really it was just really eye-opening um and so yeah fell in love with them fell in love with like my day-to-day activities um I met some great friends I was in the apartment with um other volunteers yeah, yeah so we're in like this big apartment and it was people from all over the world and um yeah we just were able to like do things outside of after work yeah and funnily enough cambodia was actually the place where i opened my eyes to meditation yeah um, so one night when we got back from um we got back from school and one of the volunteers was going to a temple and they were holding like a meditation class yeah and yeah that really just stuck with me like i remember coming home and you know when you've like you've come back to your home that everything in there was just a shift that was created within me yeah um and i knew that travel was something that was going to stay with me from that moment i'd had a taste of what it was like and i just wanted more basically yeah so when i got home i think i i came back for i think a couple of months and then after that um i don't want to stay here yeah. <laughs> i've got to get out i've got to do something else yeah <laughs> know the feeling i went to where did i go to i went to vietnam did like vietnam um laos and then i went back into cambodia nice. that was great great to see the children again just just on the on the giving back piece like <clears throat> what would you say to anyone who is considering doing something like that um what would you say to them like to 
not to, 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 to motivate them, but just as a, as a bit of advice, because obviously you've done it, you've been there. Um, yeah, that's a tricky one. I would say just, I mean, apart from just doing it, I mean, I tried to prepare as much as I could before I got there, mm. but I don't really necessarily think that was really needed. I mean, where I did it, they, um, they provided a lot of the resources, so the things I needed to teach nice. them through them so yeah that was really useful um but i would say just bring like your enthusiasm just i mean for example for me like i think i was only about 22 or 23 and this mm. was the first time that i'd left um europe ever at that yeah. age like i'd only been sort of european jump, jump straight into it. fair play yeah yeah so i remember being on this tuk-tuk and I think I did experience a little bit of culture shock for the first time. Um, just yeah, different, everything that I saw, like all the smells and the sounds and things like that. It was just, it was like entering another world, but like in a really beautiful way, like in a really, yeah. really awesome way. Would you say it's one of the most rewarding things you've ever done? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Me, I, I mean, I, I fully agree with you. Like giving back, <clears throat> it does something. It does something to you. Like you said, it, it made like that shift in you. Um, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. fully agree. Okay, cool. And then, yeah, so when was your next adventure? Like, where did you go next? Um, yeah, so after Cambodia, um, yeah, I did um, uh, Vietnam, yeah, Laos and Cambodia after that. Mm -hmm. I think that was for about a month. Sorry, I'm just trying to think back. This feels like a long time ago now. Yeah. How long ago was it? <laughs> oh, um, years ago now. Yeah, years ago. Um, and then after that, I went to New Zealand and Australia for the first time. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long were you in New Zealand for? Um, I was in New Zealand for just a month. Mm -hmm. And then I think the same for Australia yeah but again like i got back and i i knew i never heard of the work and holiday program so i went and did i came back i think for about a year just to like save up and stuff mm -hmm. and then i went back out to um i went out and did two years in new zealand nice okay what happened when you were over in new zealand because i know when we when i first reached out to you you were talking about a relationship or was that australia um yeah so that started when i was in new zealand that started in new zealand so yeah. what well, first of all what made you want to go to new zealand because that's like the furthest part away from you <laughs> pretty much from the uk i'm pretty <laughs> sure it's the longest flight you can get from the uk um what was why new zealand yeah so um new zealand because so we've got some family there so my mum's cousins okay. live over in hamilton which is oh, about nice. an hour away from Auckland. yeah so I'd never met them before. Mm -hmm. And honestly, because the first time that I was out, I just fell in love with the place. Mm -hmm. um, I had this flight to come back, but if if I hadn't, then I would have just probably just moved my visa from a tourist visa over to a over to a um, over to a working holiday visa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so from there, um, yeah, I had two years there. Um, so with this relationship, um, he, <laughs> I don't know where to start with this. <laughs> How did you meet him first? 
So I met him, um, I met him when I was just, I was going to Rangatoto for the day. Rangatoto? And Rangatoto. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Rangatoto. It's yeah. Rang- <laughs> Rangatoto. All right. Nice, yeah. It's, um, it's basically like an island just off Auckland. It's like oh, yeah. a, okay. where they've, it's got like this doormat um, volcano there. Nice. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll talk you through it. So, <laughs> um, I just remember the day like it was yesterday. Actually, it was really strange. So um, I was working at an estate management company in the city in Auckland. Um, I'd been there for a couple of months. Was enjoying it. I had my friends. Um, it was like great weather for October in um, in Auckland. So I thought, oh, I'm just gonna go and like having traveled by myself it's you know I just Mm. grabbed a bag and went and um I just remember feeling like really happy with my life and where everything's at you know when you're just sort of sitting there and you're sort of reflecting on things as you do and you just yeah yeah, you sort of gazing and you're like everything's good you know I'm really happy um and then I was walking halfway up and then I got talking to these American guys and they were with a girl from Singapore. And then I ended up spending like the rest of the day with them. Um, one of them was a photographer and then um, my ex-boyfriend, he was um, a video, like an engineer. Um, okay. Yeah. And then, so we um, basically like at the end of the day, I said, I'm going out tonight with like my friends in, in Auckland like you're welcome to come because I'd literally just landed that day and yeah pretty much the rest is history um they came out we had fun and then it was um it was a very whirlwind romance I would say um Mm. and I think that was partly because he was only in town for like a short period of time as well um and then I also think it's the nature of those kind of relationships what I've learned now is they often they often come about very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I don't really know where, where else to. Where else so to... you're in New Zealand. You obviously met this guy or this group of people. One of them um, turned out to be a romance. What What happened? When did you move to? What happened in the relationship? Yeah, so um, basically, like he, so he was in town for the Drake tour. Um, mm. So, you know, I went to the, I went to one of the nights, which was great. I really appreciated him getting me and my friend tickets for that. Yeah. Um, I still saw him in between like work and things like that. Um, and all but good. What like all, 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 the vibe was all good. Yeah, it was all good. But I think you know the thing is with these things is that it's very like it's very fast yeah it's, it's it's a whirlwind and you you kind of get caught up in everything moving at like lightning speed and yeah. you barely you know your head's like spinning and it's great and you know he was he was funny he was he was intelligent he was charming mm-hmm. he was like older than me you know he had a great job um he was like traveling the world and Mm-hmm. working with all these celebrities and had all these connections and things like that and I think I was just um perhaps like unconsciously I think 
I he sort of like he sort of inspired me in my own life because although like I was happy in Auckland and doing my job yeah. I feel like he he brought out something within me that thought I want a bit of that that makes sense and I think yeah. I can say that with confidence now but I don't think I realized at the time he almost like you're almost inspired by what he was doing mm-hmm. and it inspired you to do things so it was like you looked up to him a little bit yeah yeah like, yeah yeah okay yeah totally yeah okay. and you know he he was good at his, his job he was high up um when um another thing as well like we um i remember one evening um i had the day off the next day and um he flew me to sydney just he he called me up it was like a sunday night and i think this is also what led me to kind of get trapped in the relationship mm-hmm. was because he just called me up and was like hey what are you doing and I was like oh I've just got in with my flatmate we're just gonna make some dinner and just chill out and he was like oh do you want to come to Sydney tonight and like that's exciting right like you yeah. know any, anyone would love to be like asked whether they want to be flying to Sydney and yeah I went and I'd been to Sydney before and he hadn't been so that that was a nice time that we had um and you know like i i mean i just i just sorry i just pause you there just out of interest like so it sounds like for him to call you up and say did you want to come over to sydney you must have had a lot of trust in him at that point mm-hmm. so how long had you been with him up until that point or been seeing him not even a month not even a month but you did have a lot of trust with him and obviously that helped with you know him doing what he was doing that inspired you to do so you know why wouldn't you yeah i get i get that it's like an opportunity right you've just been presented an opportunity like were you are you willing to take it okay yeah. okay so yeah sorry so carry on so you, you went to sydney no it's fine yeah I, I i agree with what you're saying as well i think it's a level of um at that age as well like naivety um mm. you know i had a housemate there who was like you know, telling me to go and, you know, yeah. we were just two girls in our kitchen in Auckland and... What were you, 24, 25? Or earlier? I was 20, 23 or 24. 23, 24, yeah. okay. okay. So yeah, you're still at a young age, like, you know, even when you look back now. Yeah. Yeah. And he he was he was older, you know, he had, he was confident and, you know, it's this... Um, this great job and American accent and things like that. And I think I just, um, I just, um, I took, I took him up on the opportunity. Um, so I was actually only there for a few days anyway, and then I flew back and then I went back to work. Um, so I think that kind of kept me level headed to know that I have my own place and, um, my own income, my own job. Yeah. So we had a couple of months. So he, he finished the tour in Australia and then he came back to Auckland before he flew back to Texas. Now in that time when he came back to Auckland, that's where I feel like the sort of red flags started, started going off. Mm-hmm. But of course at that time, because your, your head's sort of spinning. Yeah. You're thinking, you just brush it away. You, you're not really thinking, actually. And um, 
I've got a, mm. I've got a vision in my brain at the moment. There's like a tornado, and you're just like just it comes and just takes you, and you're just going in this tornado, and you're just like seeing this tornado with you in it. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a, a visual. It's like, a, like when you said whirlwind as well, like those sort of words, like just yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Carry on. Yeah, and um, yeah. So so following on from that, um, so he had a couple of days with me here. We actually went up to. I remember I'll tell you this story. We actually went up to see the um, the sky tower in Auckland mm. and. He, for some reason, he thought it'd be funny to try and like open the doors when we were going up. And they actually ended up um, nearly arresting him for doing that. And oh, I think that, What? I mean, yeah. how, high, how high were you up when he tried to do that? Um, we were really high. I mean, this was at a point when he wasn't, he was doing it for like a joke. He weren't, we weren't in any sort of argument or anything like that. I think he was just overexcited. But was he drunk? Yeah, like, no, he wasn't drunk. No. Was he on drugs? No. no. <laughs> it it was kind of like, yeah, he just opened it slightly. So okay. yeah. Um I mean, what was going through your head in that in that exact moment? In that exact moment, I the scary thing is is I wasn't actually scared. I was just hmm. I think I was just like I just thought I, like, I was in love. I just thought I like loved this guy. So That's as real as it didn't matter yeah. what was going on, regardless. Okay, okay. I I still saw this like intelligent, confident, kind, funny, mm. fun person, and I think all the experiences that we had, he liked to live like in a really fast way. Yeah, you know, he liked the best of everything. You know, like if we went out to a restaurant. He had the best meal. We went to the best place. Yeah. He, yeah, and I think, I think I got like caught up in that, really. Yeah. And I think, as I say, my age, a bit of naivety. Um, I'd say to anyone listening, it's <laughs> looking back on it now and having the experience, and you know, being older, that I sort of see it for what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see it from like a bird's eye view, don't you? Now, you mm. see yourselves like and him trying to open that door, and you're looking down at you and him, thinking, "What, what on earth is going on?" Okay, talk us through like when it when it started to turn. Then, so I'd say it started to turn because much of our relationship was long distance. So after he spent yep. the time with me in Auckland, he had to fly back to Texas mm -hmm. where his life was where he's from and I was actually going home I'd always planned to fly back for Christmas yeah. um, so I was in England he was in Texas and we stayed in contact and there was little things there that started to sort of come up that perhaps it should have just been like a bit of a I don't know, like a holiday romance or something like that. <laughs> what kind of things? Just like the things he would say to me, the sort of controlling things or... Okay. Yeah. You know when someone says something and you, you're just kind of like, hmm, that, that, that doesn't 
that that's ringing that's doing something for me inside you know like it's yeah. ringing alarm bells inside okay so from just to get things clear so you've gone from a state of being whatever happens like you know i'm i'm sort of in love and i'm just loving the moment to whatever happens to be like okay now he's saying stuff to me and something doesn't sit right mm. so you've moved from states you shifted your state maybe because you weren't together might have been but obviously you know you're in different countries still but okay okay yeah it's funny you say that actually because before we had the incident where he was like you know open the door when we we're in Auckland and it was all just like oh you're crazy isn't that funny you nearly got arrested um we had I can't remember what we argued about but I remember we had an argument at my house in Auckland before that I think it was like actually the night before or something yeah and yeah I, I feel like that was probably like the the first time that I really started to there was like this little voice in the back of my head yeah but you're not really too sure what that voice is yeah but it's actually your intuition <laughs> um and yeah I feel like that was probably the first time but yeah as you say when when it came to Christmas time, he was in Texas and I was in, in England. I think part of the reason was also because like I was around family and things like that. Yeah. Okay. I was around family. So you're a bit more grounded at that point. You're not in a, in a state of being the holiday sort of mode and just traveling and being by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that actually um, about the grounded. Um, mm. Cause when I lived in, when I lived in New Zealand, um, I was in a house and a room and things like that and but perhaps I hadn't set those those ground roots within that place for myself so I was a little bit I could have just been here there and everywhere which... well you you know you hadn't been there that long you're traveling you're a solo traveler like it's kind of what and I, I can only say this because I can relate to it like when I went to Australia last year I was sort of going by myself I never felt completely grounded because it's not my home uh, unless you try to make it your home but if you you always knew in the back of your head you were going to go back to london or go back to england like you're always going to go back home right so you you it's not a case that i think you were like right i'm going to auckland and i'm going to live there for 10 years it wasn't like that so i think yeah and it is like when you go back home and your family's there you all of a sudden become more grounded like just naturally mm. it's a natural it's a natural flow i think when i first moved out to auckland i was never like I was always just kind of thinking like, well, if it happens that I meet someone or I get sponsored or something like that, it was, it was never yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to go back to the UK. Yeah. But yeah, I think I always just like kept, kept an, just an open mind. But yeah, yeah, as you say, I think I didn't really have my roots quite grounded in that place just yet. So it created yeah. a lot of um, sort of, um what's the word like i wasn't able to really yeah like really ground myself somewhere okay so getting back to said uh man um what what happened when you started to feel when you were back in england he was over in texas and you started to have this conversation and you felt a bit odd or a bit of discomfort talk us through when when what happened then um so what happened after that was I went on holiday with my family um, and we were still talking, still together. Mm -hmm. And 
I booked to go to Texas afterwards. So okay. I was all over the place really. So I was in England and then I was um, on holiday with my family. And then I went back to England, I think for like a, a night or something. And then I flew from London to Dallas to San Antonio where he lived. Yep. And I was there for about a month and yeah, that's when <laughs> things, uh, yeah, the, the alarm bells truly started ringing for me. <laughs> before you just take it back a little bit before, like even when you were on the plane out there or when you booked that ticket to go to San Antonio, did you have doubts or not? Um, I don't really remember having any doubts. Okay. So you were all in. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Okay. So you landed in San Antonio and you were there for a month. What happened? Um, well, it was interesting because I'd never been to America before. And uh, I remember landing in Texas and almost having like culture shock all over again. Yeah. <laughs> I, went, I went to Austin and Dallas this year. Like, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so quickly then I realized that like I don't I don't know why I was there because he was still working and I feel like he got me he got me there on the pretense that we would be spending time together and right. that we would be sort of figuring out what this was, whether this yeah. was something. Yeah. And it's just funny looking back on it and talking about it now because it's like even just regardless of how we would have felt just the you know like someone that lives in Texas and someone that lives sometimes in the UK sometimes in New, New Zealand most of the time in New Zealand at the time like how could that have possibly worked but I remember the next day he was like okay I'm, i need to go to work and i remember just being like and that's when it sort of kicked off because at that point looking back on it now i realized that like i was in his house i was in his country so i was completely trapped he'd got me in a place where exactly where he wanted me and he wanted to just be able to control everything yeah um and yeah, it was a it was a really scary thing. It was very scary. So when he said to you, "I've got, I'm going to work," and then obviously he left. What was going through your mind at that point? Just what am I doing here? Yeah. Like, what is this? Um, he he had a daughter as well that he he lives with. Um, so as well as that, I was also playing stepmom. Uh, right okay 24 <laughs> you know yeah this guy that i'd only known for a couple of months at this point it was just a lot it was a lot very very fast mm -hmm. um and then i thought i don't know what i was thinking really i suppose i just thought well i'm here now let's just try see what happens let's make the best of it and you yeah. know it wasn't all terrible times and there was times where we we had things were good and I felt good around him 
um, and everything else that comes along with that. So we go to Vegas um, and I'm like, wow, I'm this, this girl that's never been to Vegas before and we're staying in like this amazing hotel and he's working in Vegas and I'm sort of wandering around Vegas in the day whilst he's working. And I'm just thinking like, this is crazy. Like, that of all places as well if, if you're gonna go loopy in a place it's vegas especially <laughs> by yourself so well done and well done on getting through that like that's not i've been to vegas a few times and yeah it's a mental mental place but especially to be in that mindset that you're in right then you know you've flown mm. over from england you've gone over to texas and then all of a sudden you've gone over to vegas and he's still working but he's taking you with him and then you're just sort of free to roam the streets of vegas by yourself like i i it, that must be in a weird it must have been a weird feeling um yeah so what what happened then what, what happened when it comes to an end what was the what was the situation what did he get did it get abusive at any, at any point yeah so uh, it got pretty bad in vegas actually so it was very okay. like just our whole relationship was just very on and off it was just the typical not the typical but you know what i mean the whole the thing with how abusive toxic relationships generally work is that you know it causes you to sort of enter this this pedestal where you're like up and down and you're up and down and they've got all control of that and i felt like i was constantly walking on eggshells with this man would you say he's a narcissist oh absolutely fully in control and, and, and almost backwards of what he's saying just making you feel that you're in the wrong all the time when I was, when we were back in Texas, this, this is before we were in Vegas, I remember saying to him about, you know, us, me being there. Yeah. And he was sort of talking about me not working and things like that. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I have my whole, I have a job yeah. I'm taking, like, holiday for. To, to be there. To be there to figure this, this out with you yeah yeah and I think I forgot that quite a lot and it's really interesting talking about now because I honestly don't know what my motivation I think when I was there I I I everything was building up so much and I was just really trapped and I was really scared and also another thing was is that I kept the relationship generally quite secret to everyone around me like everyone knew that yeah. we were together but you know the arguments and things you used to say to me I was just about to ask you that like the thing that was coming up for me was like did you tell your parents about this did you tell your brothers and sisters about it did you tell them like you you, you probably told them the, the surface level stuff like yeah I'm out here doing this doing that but really what's going on you you, you wouldn't have told anyone yeah yeah absolutely yeah. yeah they knew they knew I was with him in fact I remember even facetiming my mum when I was with him in his house and yeah it's it's a very weird situation to get yourself in yeah um so yeah so some stuff happened in Vegas as well and then I remember we flew back to San Antonio and then I remember it just carried on from there just very on and off I remember even once even packed my bags and I had a friend in LA and I was talking to her and it was just escalating 
Um, and I remember really, one really bad argument. I hadn't even spoke to my friend before this time. And I was like looking at Airbnb in San Antonio. Yeah. Like just, yeah. So, um, so talk us through how you got out of this then. What was the point where you were just like, I'm done? So what was interesting was that when, so I leave, I leave Texas, right? I fly back to Auckland. We're still together. God knows why, obviously. Yeah. Still trapped. <laughs> um, still together. Um, he's thousands of miles away. I go back to work with my work friends, seeing my friends, going out, doing the normal things I was doing in Auckland, you know, doing the things I loved. And I remember I moved into a house with my good friend um, and housemate, shout out to him. <laughs> I remember we had an argument and I think at that time that was when things started to unravel in my mind because I remember I shared something that he said to me. I remember he looked me in the eye and he was like, Jess, that's not right. And like, what? Like, why, why are you with this guy? What are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? Are you crazy? Penny dropped. Yeah, and it was all slowly. I felt like everything that I'd dug deep within myself was slowly starting to unravel. Anyway, so I continue, like, the months in New Zealand. Um, he goes off on tour. Um, so we didn't speak for quite some time. So it's kind of we're like in this relationship that we're not really in you know yeah yeah and then we start speaking again just as I moved to Australia and so I moved to Australia and again like I moved to the city where I don't really know anyone I feel like I'm just sort of like lost within myself in a way like I'm I'm happy to be in Australia but again yeah. I don't have these roots I remember staying in a hostel um, which is normally what I do anyway if I don't know someone because it's a good way to meet like other people. So you find um, you were just there for the sake of being there without any purpose? I wanted to be in Australia but I wanted to I remember I was looking for a job but it was really hard to find a job yeah so I mean hindsight is a beautiful thing isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I would have done obviously is first of all not be with this guy and not ever you know go, like leave that <clears throat> but just go to Melbourne where I did end up. Yeah. So basically where it came to a head, he ended up getting off tour. And then he says, I'm going to fly out to, to see you and speak to you. Like I, I want to be with you um, yeah. in Australia. So we fly out, uh, he flies out to Australia. Um, we're in Brisbane and, you know, like, it's really nice to see him you know he lands and he's on his like he's like on you know like I remember I went to go pick him up at the airport and he like surprised me he's fun he's like happy to see me and <laughs> just all these like familiar old feelings that come up yeah and then I remember um yeah, it was like a couple of days we went to see like some humpback whales. That was amazing. 
and then I think it was that night or the next night or something it was just like he can't help himself it just started unraveling all over again just the name calling the arguments the aggression the violence and then I remember we were outside um, the hotel room and um, he had my phone and he wouldn't give it back to me and then um, yeah then he then he hit me and then I remember running off to the um, the the lift and I remember seeing the reflection of myself and this is what I talked about on my Instagram and I, rem I remember seeing that reflection of myself and just being like it all just like dropped it all just it all just like came to a head yeah and I was like wow I've become like who am I I didn't I didn't know who that person was looking back in the mirror yeah um so after that, um, I remember uh, we managed to calm things down, but inside myself, I got to the point where I was like, I had this inner knowing that I remember looking at him actually and thinking like, oh, I'm never going to see you again. Like, I'm never, I'm never going to see or speak to you again. And you don't know. And I can't tell you because I don't know what will happen to me. Mm. if I tell you that and um, so we so everything I, I feel like I was really just acting to survive basically because I knew that he had I don't know what day this was at this point I think it was like the next day or the day after, it was really soon before he was leaving to go back to Texas. And um, I was I was thinking to myself, like, he'd be in the shower and I would be like, can I leave now? Should I just leave now? Just, like, just escape. Should I escape now? Like, um, and I was just really scared. I was just really scared yeah. of him. He's very, like, violent and erratic man. Um, when you when you say he was violent, what was he doing? Uh, you said he hit you, but like, did he? What was he smashing things up, or was he hitting you? Or he, yeah, he he would hit me, and then he would he would like throw things against the wall, and oh. while I was there, or he'd throw like things in my direction. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. Okay. Sorry, I'm just trying to think back to that last night. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, what was the escape? What was the last, the last moment where you were like, uh, I'm done, see you later, when you were out, when you were completely out? Yeah, so our final night, um, I remember we went to dinner. And again, the, it's like the only way that I can describe these types of people, I'm not going to say men because mm -hmm. I don't want to generalise. Yep. is that it's almost like there's a switch that goes off in their brain because we were having a nice dinner and I think I said something like I think I said something as simple as oh I wonder how many people in Brisbane um you know use public transport to get to work or something like that and he just flipped it was like a switch had gone off he just didn't like yeah. what I said and he yeah. 
and he just looked at me in like such a disgusting way and just said the most horrible things and I remember just thinking like and then so we we get into this argument he storms off he's outside like smoking or whatever he's doing or having a drink and I remember just sitting there and being like what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So it, it I'm obviously... Like it doesn't matter what you said, he still would have flipped out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, he was almost just looking for an excuse to trigger him to flip mm. out. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now I realise that he he has a lot of issues within himself. Yeah. Um, and that's sad. That's sad for anyone that goes through that. It is. It really is, yeah. But, yeah. Um, it comes out in other ways, in anger, things like yeah. that. So I remember sitting there, and obviously I'm upset, but then I'm sort of <laughs> in this country where no one knows where I am. I don't know anyone. I just go into, like, survival mode. So I'm upset, but then I'm like, okay, so I remember I went round the corner and I rang this girl that I know from my hostel I didn't know her very well but I rang her and I was very very upset and I was thinking like what do I do and I was saying to her I was like I can't do this anymore like um so I go back out and he's not there so there's like the south bank in Brisbane where there's like bars and restaurants and stuff so I walk along and then I see him outside sitting at a bar and he's like, do you want to talk? And I'm like, okay, I need to calm him down, but he's drinking. And I yeah. knew if he's really drinking, then <laughs> what's the point? Yeah. Like, I've, re- yeah. I've really lost him type thing. Yeah. But he's drinking, and then that doesn't end so well, and that's trying to have a conversation. That doesn't really happen. So I remember I went back to the hotel, and I'm just, like, freaking out. Like, yeah. I'm like packing my bag because he's leaving back to Texas anyway. But I'm like, do I see this out? Do, like, what, what what do I do? Um, and then I'm like contacting him. So I'm like, I need to calm down the situation. Like looking back on it, there's so many times that I was just simply just trying to get through, just trying to calm him down. Yeah. To almost get to like the next, the next day or whatever yeah. the case may be. So he comes back and he's just so drunk and just so like angry and just really erratic. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I should have just ran. I should have just grabbed my bag and just gone. And we're like quite high up um, in this hotel. And like, he's, He's like walking in and out of this this hotel. And um, I actually, I didn't talk about this in the Instagram, but um, he messaged my mum and said things like, he was like crying, but then angry and he had a drink in his hand and um, he, he said stuff like, oh, I really love her and blah, 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 things like that. And to me, that was just bias. It was just whatever he would have said. And then... More red flags. The reason that I knew that he messaged my mum is because um, 
my mum messaged me and said, are you okay? Just randomly. And I was like, he's messaged her. Yeah. So I'm like mad at him for messaging her saying, why are you messaging my mum? And I'm just like almost pacing, just like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, what yeah. do I do? And he comes in and he's just really like, he's just really angry, just really emotional and just very like um, erratic. Like you don't really know, like he's always been, my experience within the time was always like, he's a ticking time bomb. So after I saw these other things in the past, like I knew that like that, kind gentle person that I thought I knew that was only going to be the case for a certain amount of time so I managed to get the drink out of his hands he kind of like surrendering um it was like talking to a child I remember like getting the drink out of his hands he was, he was sat down on like the hotel bed and I was almost like pleading with him like please I, I remember saying to him I was like I'll stay I'll stay I'll stay and I managed to get this drink out of his hands. I went to the bathroom, poured it out, like any of the alcohol that we had, like tried to get rid of that so he couldn't drink it. And then I remember he lay down on the bed and he put this pillow over his head as if to like the, from the light. And I remember standing there and my bag was packed. I had no shoes on. I had my hotel key key card in my hand and my phone I didn't have my charger I didn't have my stuff I looked at my stuff and I just looked at him and I, I just I just went did you leave his I stuff went. yeah you left everything yeah what did you do you just run out I I I try not to run um I tried to just be like as calm and just as calm and as quiet as I could because that as I talked about on my Instagram, it was like, I remember it was almost like standing here and then him being there and just looking at him and just knowing that I only had a few seconds because if he knew that I was leaving or if he would have heard the door go, then I don't know what would have happened to me. So where did you go? So I went like round the corner as far away in the hotels I could. I remember I was around this corner and I remember I called my mum, shout out to you mum, you're the best. And it was literally like, all the stuff that I'd kept within me, it was almost like a purge. I remember just like sobbing to her. Yeah. And it must have been the worst phone uh, call she's probably ever heard. Especially when you're not even in the country either. You, or you're on the other side of the world, right? She, she was in France and... Yeah. She she was almost like my yeah she was just everything at that time she was yeah um and I remember she said to me she was like Jess listen to me she was like I want you to go downstairs she was like I want you to put the phone on to because I couldn't speak at this point I was like so overcome with like emotion and being scared because I yeah. knew where he was and this was a person that was very violent I didn't know like what what could happen. What what, yeah what he's capable of yeah. um so i went downstairs and i managed to get a room for the night 
I remember just talking to my mum for hours and my mum was just saying to me, you know, like she was just pleading with me. She was like, promise me you will not go back. Promise me you'll not leave that room. And she knew that he was going back to Texas the next day. And I said to her, I remember saying to her, like, it sounds silly now, but I remember saying like, what about if he throws like all my stuff off or my laptop and everything? She was like, it doesn't matter. Like you're out of there. Like that's just stuff that doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Big shout out to mum. Yeah, she's hero, the best. hero words. Cool. I don't, honestly, that night, I don't know what like I would have done. Um, yeah, yeah. The hotel were amazing as well. Um, they said, you know, like if it if he continues, then we can call the police and we can check on him and make sure he's not trashing the room or yeah, whatever, or hurting himself. Um, so. Me and my mum were talking like till about probably about four or five in the morning Australian time. She was actually in France. Um, and yeah, I woke up and obviously my phone had died because I didn't have my charger. Um, and I remember just being like, just numb. And then just, I didn't, I was just, yeah, I just didn't know what to think. It was just Madness. such a weird time. Um, I remember the hotel um they they called me and said like make sure you don't go back to the room um he's come down to ask where you are um we've not told him anything um that he was looking for me my phone had died anyway but i knew i had like so many messages and calls and stuff yeah um yeah so they rang me about an hour about two hours afterwards and they said we think we've just seen him going in uber and i said yeah that'll be him going to the airport like he's going he's leaving the country um and he i knew he was going on tour um like the next day and i knew that was really important to him so i said to them i said i don't think it's likely that he'll come back right he'll come back yeah um, but yeah <laughs> whoa <laughs> okay i mean first of all thank you for sharing that story um there's a lot a lot of things which came up for me which you know especially if someone's like you just said at that time you didn't say anything about it and imagine what would happen if halfway through that relationship you did speak up and you did see sense and this is this is the reason why I, I try and put these podcasts out there because there may be people, especially now there's a lot of emotionally abusive relationships going on with the whole COVID-19. Mm. It's, it's, it's hard. So I hope that if someone is listening to this and they've heard your story, Jessica, that they can speak up and reach out and seek yeah. help, you know, because that it, a narcissistic relationship is never a good one. And it's always, always, it's a common thing. It really is. It's a really common thing. And it, mm. to, to see that at the time, it's almost impossible, right? Mm, like you couldn't yeah. see it. Then all, no, of a sudden, no. all of a sudden, it came to the head where you, you, you did. Mm, um, and you, yeah. you, then you made that conscious decision. So, yeah, I mean, look, thank you for sharing that. I fully appreciate that. And I'll be forever grateful. Uh, and I wanted to jump through the screen, just give you a hug. It's like, I was like, <laughs> I'll go through. I was just like, I was getting emotional. I was just like, this is, like, uh, it's almost like I was, I was I, I seeing like a, a movie unfold and I was watching a movie <laughs> of you and this guy and you going to all these different countries and getting on these planes and then you calling your mum and like I, I, I sort of like saw it as a movie 
I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone else is watching this, listening to this that may be the same. But um, all right, well, look, um, Jessica, what are you up to now? What have you been doing since then? Got on your own little journey, right? Yeah. So actually, like following from that, so in telling my story, you know, like I had such lovely messages, but it's so important to not come from this sort of this victim sort of survivor yeah. mentality. It's very important for me to be like, yeah, that that did happen, but yeah. things happen in life, and I've forgiven him, you know, like yeah. he he, nice he he gave me some beautiful things. I've got some great memories and I see it for what it is now you know in in the space that I do I see that he was just he had lots of things from his past and it happens it's life and um you know like he was a great dancer and he um I I wouldn't have known about doing salsa and bachata dancing if it wasn't for him he taught me about that so you know there's little things that you can take from things from from life from life experiences even in horrible situations there is still positives to come out of it i fully yeah fully yeah. Agree with that fully agree with that yeah so um and i was i was watching something yesterday and it was about um you know it's like like that quote isn't it you can't hate the the experiences that shape you and it really has shaped me yeah. because i know the signs now and i know you know what to look out for and little things that kind of come up in your brain and you're like oh, that doesn't feel right that doesn't. Yeah. but that but now i've had that experience um and yeah and, and also if anyone around you has that or you see the signs you can pick up on it straight away right yeah. so you can be there for other people that may be in the similar situation or getting into that similar situation yeah but it's going to be hard because i'm i I come from a family where we're all strong-minded and I feel like I'm, I'm quite strong-minded myself. So, you know, even when I was little, like, say, for example, I was doing something that my parents were like, oh, probably shouldn't be doing that. Then I would be like, well, I need to figure that out myself. So, yeah. Um, so, so, sorry, yeah, in answer to your question, what I'm doing now. So, yeah, I just built up my, my coaching business. Um, but the way in which it's linked is that I remember that when I got out of that situation and I started the healing journey, I remember thinking like I never want another person to go through what I went through. No one should feel in that position where they feel so powerless as I did. I I can I remember all the feelings, but I don't identify with them. Yeah, it's just something from my past. Um, but it's of the understanding that a lot of people are gonna going to go through the same things yeah or even are unfortunately still are yeah 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 Um, amazing amazing okay uh we'll wrap it up there jessica because i feel like we're going over time but look i I massively appreciate it would you be open if anyone has listened has got this far and listened um thank you so much would you be open to people contacting you if they've got questions or especially in confidence right because i know something like that you would you would only want to speak in confidence at the time um mm. so if you're open to that yeah then sure. I, i'll put all your links below to your instagram and facebook and stuff so you can get hold of jessica um yeah any any, any final words what's what what does the future hold for jessica in 30 seconds oh <laughs> in 30 seconds Who knows? <laughs> i'm not good with time limits yeah <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um 
building my business, working with some amazing people, traveling, um, meeting a great, great person down the line, no rush yet. Um, yeah, just lots of good positive things and uplifting people and yeah, nice. just living my best life. Living my best life. Oi, <laughs> Jessica. I t- <laughs> okay, guys, if you've been following my, my social media last year, I made this journey called The Road to Living Your Best Life. Uh, and we spoke about this in with Jessica Bali. I'll see you in Bali, oh, actually, yeah. won't I? Later yeah, on yeah, this year, I reckon, yeah. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon we could do it. I reckon we could do it. I yeah. reckon it could happen. That I, cool. I, that's my mission. I was actually having a look at flights this morning. Anyway, <laughs> um, right, Jessica, thank you so much. Uh, massively, massively appreciate it. Um, you can stream this on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also watch the full uh, YouTube uh, video on YouTube if you want to. Um, but Jessica, thank you very much. Thank Speak you. to you soon. Yeah, Take yeah. care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Ignite Your Mind podcast. This is a safe place for real talk on discovering powerful stories, talking about mental health, real business journeys, and hearing inspiring stories. Please do subscribe if you are listening to this on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts, and leave me a comment. And more importantly, share this with anyone who you think may take value from it. New podcast every Friday at 12 p.m. I look forward to seeing you next week.